You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, I'm sitting down with Greg Langan, Program Director for New Jersey HIV Training and Capacity Development at Jefferson Health, New Jersey, and our Regional Partner Director at the South Jersey AIDS Education and Training Center to talk about his team's community health worker program. Welcome back, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back, Mariana. So, Greg, how did the Community Health Worker Program come about in New Jersey? Sure. Uh, So... In 2016, um, the New Jersey Department of Health uh, Division of HIV, STD, and TB Services, I know that's a mouthful, uh, was attempting to find new approaches to improve HIV outcomes. Um, Specifically, they were really trying to improve uh, both retention and care and viral suppression. And the HIV Services Director at the time, Loretta Dutton, uh, and my predecessor in my role uh, and mentor, Adam Thompson, had worked together to create this program. Um, What it was really kind of cool about it is it was really an innovative partnership between a state department of health and an AETC. Uh, And that partnership has really kind of continued to grow and strengthen. And we we still coordinate really kind of heavily in this program and others uh, today. And it really kind of works by kind of identifying together training needs and potential broad projects that are based on what the Department of Health is seeing on the ground. But the, the CHW program itself was developed kind of for a number of reasons to fit those goals of improving retention and care and viral suppression. Uh, first of which was when looking at social determinants of health, um, we know that about 80% of our health determinants are really socioeconomic factors, uh, the physical environment, um, in which we live and work, and and our health behaviors. And in addition, there's a great deal of medical mistrust by the communities that are disproportionately impacted by HIV. Um, you know, the U.S. has a documented history of mistreatment and oppression of people of color, of persons with HIV, and the LGBTQ plus community, uh, and where those identities intersect as well. And so the goal then was really to bring folks with a shared lived experience uh, of of the communities that we're working with to help build trust with the medical community, to be able to go out into the kind of quote unquote field, right? Where the vast majority of the determinants of our health reside. We, you know, often think about health 
in healthcare is really only happening in a doctor's office. Um, but the vast majority of what impacts our health is happening outside of there. And so, um, you know, the, the Department of Health began funding these CHW positions at both HIV clinics where care and treatment and, and prevention often are, are being provided, uh, but also community-based organizations across the state to fit this need. Can you talk a little bit about what the CHWs or community health workers are funded to do? Yeah, so it's interesting. The The goal of the program is really kind of client overall client wellness through um, an emotional support lens. And that is the really kind of key crucial part, the emotional support. Um, we often forget that the most important person uh, on an individual's medical service team is the patient or the client themselves. And so wellness and treatment plans, they have to be centered on the ability of the individual to kind of undertake them. Um, and this means that we have to take into account the, the person's resources, their cultural background, and importantly, their desires. And so the CHW role that's funded, the work that they do, is really kind of focused on the provision of emotional support um, in those areas, uh, focusing on you know emotional support around the person's resources, their culture, um, and their desires. And it happens through uh, three ways, informational, instrumental, and social support. And so informational support uh, really consists of things like information sharing and, and role modeling of behaviors. Um, instrumental support consists of mainly kind of helping our clients navigate the incredibly complicated network of our healthcare system in the United States. Um, and then social support finally is done by connecting clients with others, uh, including kind of support groups. And so the CHWs really are funded to bridge the gap between the patient and that care team. So, you know, even if we were to leave out the history of medical mistrust, there's a really kind of heavily skewed power dynamic when any patient walks into a service setting, uh, whether it's a clinic or a community-based organization or CBO. And that CHW is there to almost be the translator between the system and the client, uh, as well as to advocate for what the client kind of needs and wants. They're really uh, a trusted person who's able to, to work, to walk through the halls of the healthcare system and help the client or the patient feel comfortable walking those halls as well. And how is the program implemented? So that's the fun part. So the program is ultimately kind of run and evaluated uh, by the New Jersey Department of Health, right? So they have the kind of final say on everything. Uh, they fund the different positions, they collect and aggregate the data from each agency, um, and they ultimately lead in terms of kind of what the CHW job description looks like. And, you know, the CHW job description now in 2023 uh, is different in all honesty, right, than what it was when this program really got off the ground in 2016. You know, for example, the CHWs originally were only funded to work with persons with diagnosed HIV. Um, in 2022, the department really moved to a status neutral approach. So the HIV funded workforce, including the CHWs, are now able to work with those seeking HIV prevention services also. And that really opened the door for many CHWs to work with more clients who don't have HIV, but maybe on PrEP, for example. And so the, the implementation, while it's overseen by the Department of Health, really happens in tandem with the AETC. So when a new CHW starts, they attend a, a three-day training that's facilitated and led by the AETC, and it focuses on giving them 
the knowledge, the skills, and the abilities to work with patients coming from kind of vastly different walks of life. You know, we hire people that have some form of shared lived experience, but uh, the communities we serve are diverse. And so helping people to be able to navigate uh, that diversity is, is important. Uh, the training provides folks with the, the skills needed to do the job while also maintaining what makes them unique, what, what made them get hired. Um, and ultimately, the individuality of that CHW is what makes them crucial to the service team. So we don't want to lose that. Um, the way we, as the AETC, operationalized it is it's almost like a train-the-trainer model. Uh, we provide information during that training on everything from how HIV infection occurs, and how HIV works in the body, to HIV treatments, to how to engage with clients. Um, and then, you know, for example, uh, the CHW will then take that information and for someone who's newly diagnosed can sit and have a, a longer conversation about how HIV works in the body than maybe a physician has time for, uh, and can also talk in a language that the, the community member is better able to understand and kind of may feel more comfortable asking questions. Um, another example, you know, the CHWs may help with disclosure if the client chooses to disclose their status to other people. Um, you know, they're brought into our statewide CHW network. And so uh, all of the agencies that are funded for CHW roles, um, we bring them together once a month in a virtual community of practice. Uh, and this really emphasizes a peer learning model where we provide new information, we celebrate successes, uh, we brainstorm new best practices, we talk about current challenges. Um, and then we also bring them all together in person quarterly. Uh, and that consists of kind of more in-depth trainings and discussions around the work that they're doing and, and what they're seeing kind of boots on the ground. Uh, and then finally, we train uh, as the AETC, we train the CHW supervisors as well on the expectations that the State Department of Health has for this program. And we provide targeted technical assistance for agencies looking to kind of integrate their CHWs more seamlessly into their service teams, um, and also on documentation. You know, in New Jersey right now, um, the CHWs are using CareWare as uh, the system in which they document their services. And so uh, helping agencies kind of navigate CareWare and, and figure out how to pull reports and things like that uh, is something that we also provide as the AETC. You talked about the ATC um, a little bit just now. Can you expand a bit on, you know, the ATC's role specifically in the program? Sure. So, um, you know, like I said, we do the training part uh, uh, and that's kind of what we're known for. But it really is a partnership between the Department of Health and and us as an ATC. We work collaboratively with not only the CHWs, but the Department of Health kind of writ large to identify training needs and new best practices. Um, you know, while the Department of Health is the leader of the program, uh, we do facilitate all of the training and technical assistance. Um, and we run the kind of this program based on an adaptation from Boston University School of Public Health. Uh, they're preparing peers for success program. Um, and then we have those monthly webinars, those quarterly meetings, and that kind of targeted technical assistance. Um, and so our role is almost as a support person for the CHW. You know, when they have questions around uh, the virus or the healthcare system, the way that I think about it is I tell them, uh, my job is to help you. And so when they reach out to myself or uh, the, the kind of program management officer at the Department of Health, 
uh, Cindy Mimo, right, they can reach out to either one of us and we're in communication with each other to discuss how to navigate that hurdle or to how to link that person with another CHW who can help them. You know, uh, as one of the things I'm kind of most proud of seeing this program do uh, that, again, Adam Thompson had kind of facilitated and I've continued is this real network of learning. You know, we have people who uh, who travel and who move. And so if we have a CHW up in Newark who's seeing a patient um, who tells them, look, I'm, I'm moving down to Cape May, right? Uh, from the north part of the state all the way down to the southernmost tip of New Jersey, uh, the CHW can say, hey, you know what? I have another CHW that does the same role that I do down there. And so I'm going to connect you so that you have someone that you can talk to while you navigate that new space, right? Because we know that that can be difficult for folks. So in talking about this amazing program, have you seen or have there been improvements in health outcomes? Yeah, uh, that's kind of uh, the most important part, right? If we're putting this money into this, how uh, are we getting kind of a return on investment? And I'm, I'm happy to say that we absolutely are. So uh, the Department of Health has seen improvements in both retention and viral suppression, which was kind of the original goal for why this program got off the ground. Um, but there's also a lot of other outcomes that we've seen that are more difficult to measure. So, uh, you know, the collection of stories of individuals who've gained confidence to disclose their HIV status to friends, to families, to partners um, that hadn't done so previously. Uh, we've had CHWs work with clients to get them jobs, right? Helping them practice interviewing for a job, helping them with resume development. Um, you know, ultimately when working in, in a field that has such a heavy stigma attached to it, like HIV, it's crucial to have someone that a client can trust with anything. And so that's who the community health workers are. They're trusted members of the community, you know, working with the community and ultimately um, improving the health of their communities. Greg, thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about New Jersey's Community Health Worker Program and why it's so important for the HIV community. To learn more about the CHW program and how you can get involved, check out some of the links in our episode description. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaatc.org. That's www.necaatc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.